Hill Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was just like my last straw. I can't get anything fixed in the store. They had us working in the kitchen with the AC broke for weeks. And we were running, you know, breakfast with two people, you know, until nine or most days until 11. I mean, like we kind of talked about it jokingly the day before and then the day of. It just, more stuff had happened. It kind of irritated employees. So then it was like the day of, they were like, we have time, why not? Lincoln, Nebraska, you're driving down the street, you see the Burger King sign, and underneath it doesn't say two Whoppers for five bucks. It says, we all quit. Sorry for the inconvenience. (laughs) So those were overtaxed employees because they were still trying to run the BK in the regular way, but but they can't hire anybody. More and more people are rage quitting, Joe, over conditions and low pay during the labor shortage. Uh, we talked yesterday about uh, a business that had put out a sign that said, we're understaffed. Don't blame the employees that chose to work. The government is giving out too much money for my other employees to come into work. So be nice to the no, people. No, that's that- a debunked Republican conspiracy theory. I read it in the, the WAPO. Every restaurant I've been to, I think without exception, the service has been pretty bad. And it's not because the people there weren't busting their, their humps trying to do it. It's just they're short-staffed. Every place is short-staffed because there's a lot of people that haven't come back because they found a better job or they're just getting enough uh, stimmy money. So it's a tough situation. And then the employees that are working are working like crazy, and they're probably thinking, you know, there's help wanted everywhere. I'm going to get a better job or just get the stimulus check. So like at this Burger King in Lincoln, Nebraska, they all quit and put it on the sign. So that's absolutely true, what you were just saying. This is not a counter-argument. It's an and. Uh, I've been doing a fair amount of reading, and it, it, it strikes me as absolutely intuitively correct. A lot of people, well, we all know that a lot of us just kind of get caught on a conveyor belt, and our life unfolds, and we never really take control of it, and it's it's too bad. Well, during the vid, a lot of people thought, I'm only doing this job because I'm on a conveyor belt. This is not satisfying work. This is probably not what I'm cut out for. I'll bet I could do something more interesting or lucrative or exciting or whatever. And, you know, that applies to a lot of people in food service. Mm. They thought, I'm just in food service because I ended up in food service. What do I really want to do? And so a lot of people have explored better alternatives. That's been one real issue for the restaurant industry. And you can't call that a bad thing. So I had a conversation with a person around here yesterday as the uh, employees are starting to trickle back in. Um, what did I just see? It depends on where you are on with the COVID, because I just saw this headline. Springfield, Missouri. The Simpsons. Different Springfield. The city of Springfield, Missouri, cancels their big summer festival that they have every year because Why? of COVID-19 surges in the region. What? Curious. Anyway, uh, I was talking to an employee as people are starting to come back into the building here. The sales staff has been gone for a year and a half. Well, I wow. guess they're all going to be here tomorrow all together for the first time in like a year and a half. Yikes! Uh, which is quite amazing. And uh, I was just talking with somebody about how the whole Zoom thing worked for them. And similar to a lot of articles we've read in the Wall Street Journal and other places in your own personal experience, at the very beginning, it seemed like, Kind of weird. Then he got into a groove where it seemed like, hey, we can do this from home. Why were we ever going back into work? And then it has gone full circle back to where, eh, I think I kind of like going into work better. I think things were working better when we were all together. And don't cancel all that commercial real estate space just quite yet. 
Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a lot of things about adulthood. Uh, If you have any wisdom whatsoever, the more you appreciate the idea of, if it's a good idea today, it'll be a good idea tomorrow. Let's not make a snap decision here. Let's get a little more data. Let's get a little more experience. Let's see how it goes. You don't get swept up into... Uh, decisions of enthusiasm as much. And, yeah, there was a temptation to announce, here's the way it is, here's the way it'll always be, the data's clear, and we're six weeks into a completely new situation. It's just yeah. kind of silly. Productivity is up. People like working from home. Office spaces are going to, they're good. They're, 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 cities will cease to exist. Exactly. Yeah, why don't we hold off and just see what happens for a while? Maybe not. But, of so course, much. that doesn't get clicks either. Yeah. Uh, I want to, next segment, I'm going to get into one of the biggest things that has happened in government handouts since FDR is happening this week, and it's getting hardly any coverage, just like it hardly got any coverage when it passed four months ago in a trillion-dollar stimulus package. We no longer pay any attention to what's going on, Republicans or Democrats. Right. Just in general, we just don't really pay any attention. And my favorite comment about that story, and it's a little flip, but I think it's legit. As Cuba is trying desperately to become more like America, America is trying desperately to become more like Cuba. Hey, now. That'll make you stop and think, huh? Don't! That'll make you sit down and take stock of your, where you are. What is your thing about introspection? I agree with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Huh? If you don't know what introspection is, you should take a long, hard look at yourself. Exactly. I don't think that applies here. <laughs> Maybe it does. I don't know. National, it's time for a moment of national introspection. And uh, we'll tell you about this, because you're probably going to get a check. 90% of kids, you know, uh, the moms and dads are going to get money just put in their bank account here in the next couple of days. So, and earlier on the show, I vowed to reverse my own vasectomy by myself. <laughs> I'm going to give you a YouTube video, a scalpel, and a uh, a mirror. A scalpel? You can use a screwdriver or a butter knife or something. <laughs> oh, jeez. You use a screwdriver on yours. <laughs> I'm going to get me a nice, clean scalpel. Um. Uh, also, I know which show's got the most Emmy nominations, just because if there's a show out there you want to watch, that's good. You want to know about it. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I bought a wrestling mat, like a real one, like they have, uh, like a you know, a high school gym that I wrestled on all through my years of being a wrestler. I bought a really good one, not as big, but a real good wrestling mat. So I've been wrestling with the kids a lot lately, and uh, but man, like just for fun wrestling, or are you teaching them uh, moves and stuff? A little both. I mean, it's mostly okay. just for fun. But, like, yeah, I, I've definitely taught them various things. Um, uh, but <laughs> Henry did some sort of flying jump on top of me yesterday. And I, oh, uh, I look am, out. Like, I just dropped my uh, the cap for my water, and I went to pick it up. And it was a good several-minute process to get to <laughs> Some of my vertebrae are squashed together. Ouch, that's not good. Try to find an article anywhere. That talks about a possible downside to this child credit uh, money that's going to get sent out over the next couple of days to practically every child in America. I can't the find a, I can't find a single article <laughs> that 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 talks about a downside to the New York Times credit. Even though their headline is all positive and the first several paragraphs are positive, they do throw in some um, uh, naysayers, which I'll mention here in just a second. 
But what's happening here over the next couple of days, starting the 15th, but they're already ramping up, is uh, money's going out. Nine out of ten kids, the parents, are going to receive up to $300 a month, probably forever, for having a kid, as long as you have a kid. Three hundred dollars. Ninety ninety percent. Nine out of ten kids. Three hundred up to three hundred dollars a month. It depends on the age of the kid, but it's either two fifty or three hundred dollars a month per kid per month. It's a huge deal. Um, uh, what's his name? Who ran for president? Uh, Cory Booker said this is the biggest social program since FDR. Well, it sounds like guaranteed income to me. How many of you even know this is happening? I mean, <laughs> I don't. You don't hear that much about it. And the New York Times had a big article, and they said, hey, hey, I just kind of like you to know, in case you haven't been paying attention, a major thing is happening this week, an overhaul of the way we have been doing things for years, um, aid to families with children to begin, and a milestone for the U.S. safety net. It is a change in the safety net. It's getting away from what we did when Bill Clinton signed in 1996 a, 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 a bill to end welfare as we knew it. Welfare aid was going to go away. If you didn't work, you weren't going to get money. Well, we've just decided, apparently, during the stimulus package that was voted on four months ago, just four months ago, another multi-trillion dollar package went out the door, and this was part of it. The tax credit, Marco Rubio, Republican of Florida, recently wrote that with no work required, we're going to resurrect a failed welfare system and provide free money for criminals and addicts among other people that just don't work. Well, and, and all of the great scientists of the left who've studied this stuff, they're practically unanimous in their agreement that that sort of program was corrosive to poor America, inner-city America, black America. Just uh, it, it took apart the black family. Among America's 74 million children, nearly 9 in 10 will qualify for the new monthly payments, $250 a child or $300 a child under 6 per month. And that all starts uh, on Thursday, but they're already headed out um, if you're getting in paper form. Uh, otherwise, it'll just show up in your checking account if you, like, do your, you know, taxes online and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's, so it's a four, it's a, it's a, it's supposed to be a one year plan, but they've already got in the works to extend it. And, uh, Biden's trying to get it permanent. And the history of these things is they always end up permanent. That's the history of these things. They they end up in permanent and usually expand. I don't know how you'd expand this one. I guess the amount of money you could expand, but it's already reaching 9 out of 10 kids. Boy, what a beautiful not letting a crisis go to waste. I mean, this was not its own giant, heated, extended discussion. This was just tucked into the giant COVID porculus bill with hardly any notice paid to it whatsoever. And- Major change in the structuring of society. Just kind of stuck in there. Opponents warned that by aiding families that do not work, the policy reverses decades of success. Child poverty had fallen to a record low before the pandemic. Well, we better change what we're doing. 12% in 2019, a drop of more than a third since the 90s. What happened in the 90s? Oh, yeah. Bill Clinton signed the End of Welfare Act in 96 that did away with welfare for people who didn't have a job. And so poverty had gone down a third since then, down to a record low of 12%. And as Joe just said, well, it's working. Better change things. And it's worth noting that, of course, Bill Clinton was a Democrat, and he had widespread buy-in from both sides of the aisle, because the science just is undeniable on on the results of dependence. One thing I like about this New York Times article, and it's a long article, and they're more fair than I can find anywhere else, but... 
early in the article, they have Cory Booker, senator from New Jersey, saying, we have the highest child poverty rate, blah, blah, blah. And then later in the same article, they mention this, that we had a record low child poverty rate of 12% before the pandemic hit. Um, fact check. Scott, fact check of your own article three paragraphs ago. Um, uh, Scott Winship, who's with the American Enterprise Institute, says in this New York Times article, I'm surprised that's a conservative outlet, uh, AEI. I'm surprised there hasn't been more pushback from other conservatives. Yeah, me too. Like I said, try to find an article. If you Google this child, uh, child payments, try to find an article that points out the downside. It's all just... Sandy is a mother of two and can't wait to get her checks and is planning a vacation. Jim and his three kids are going to blah, blah, blah. It's it's all positive. Isn't this fantastic? Anybody want to point out possibly maybe wealth redistribution or something? Or how are we going to pay for this or anything? It's a hundred plus billion dollar a year program. We're going to talk about it today. (laughs) Nice, Michael. Uh, We're going to talk about the day it passed, but uh, uh, Trump claimed the election was stolen that day. Then Kamala Harris said something mean about Trump. And so that's what we were talking about. Cory Booker said it's the most transformative policy come out of of Washington since FDR. Oh, shut up. Spartacus, you idiot. And, well, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it is. the, The fact that it got so little pushback... When the legislation was happening, and and then it's going out the door now, and you just not much talk about it. I mean, we are making some major changes in the structure of this country, and right. money going out the door like crazy, printing money like crazy. Another uh, the numbers are out today on inflation. Inflation's up for three months in a row. Um, you know, you have to go way back before we had inflation. There's and we're bad. sending out zillions of more government dollars some, in the midst of rising inflation. There's some bad things coming. How do, how do you end up with a program to send this much money out the door when child poverty was at a record low pre-pandemic? Because virtually nothing in politics is sincere, and virtually nothing is done for the reasons that are attributed to it. They are doing this to ensure people continue to vote Democrat. They're making you dependent so you vote on them. It's, it's like poli-sci 101, although generally they don't get to it till 300 level classes. It's, it's so obvious if you understand how politics, raw politics actually works. There, and so we've sent, what is the number that we've put out the door now? Six trillion, eight trillion dollars? Since the pandemic began, there are so many of these packages, and most of the money hasn't been spent yet. There are so many packages out there that you haven't heard about, that we haven't heard about, that the country is not debated, that we're going to mm-hmm. be learning out over learning about over decades to come of how much money was spent on whatever projects that really didn't get a full debate in any way. It's amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing, because he. When you got a trillion dollars, you can tuck a lot of programs into a trillion dollars. And so remember four months ago, I think a lot of the focus at that time on that particular round of trillion dollar stimulus packages was about schools, whether it should be this much or that much for school, some for businesses, not a lot on this child credit stuff. Oh, and by the way, a perfect example of this. Yesterday, the White House issued a memo to state and local officials across the country urging them to use some of the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package to combat crime. So because crime is up, the $2 trillion package, you're supposed to take that money now and put it toward crime. So it's just a big slush fund of taxpayer money to spend on whatever the crisis of the day is. 
Right. I'm not right, I, I'm, or whatever you feel like. I'm not necessarily against it being spent on crime. In fact, it might be better to spend it on crime on the whatever stupid COVID reason was the reason for it in the first place. But the point is, the money's spent, and now it's just hanging out there, and they'll come up with different ways to spend it. Yeah, yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah. Um, I do have a rundown. I got a bad feeling. Mm. <laughs> you should. The Crown and The Mandalorian. Never watched a minute of The Crown. Watched every episode of The Mandalorian, many of them twice. But the I tried Crown to watch the, Ma- the Crown. It's beautifully done. Just didn't care. The Crown and The Mandalorian this year tied for the most nominations for Emmys with 24 each. Mandalorian, usually your science fiction-y shows, they get left out of Emmys. They, they're not seen as hoity-toity enough for your Emmy nominations. But that was a pretty cool show. WandaVision got 23 nominations. I haven't seen that, but I've heard good things about it. Followed by Handmaid's Tale, Saturday Night Live with 21 Emmy nominations because they were so anti-Trump. you got to love that. Ted Lasso with 20. Uh, if you're going to look at the outlets, HBO and HBO Max uh, led the way with 130. Right behind, though, Netflix at 129. Where's NBC mm. and ABC and CBS? Eh, they don't really make... Nobody really cares about their shows. Yeah, I haven't talked about this much, but I'm working on a script for uh, my new pilot for the Crown DeLorean. The plucky <laughs> Queen of England travels around the universe with Baby Yoda, solving problems and such. So that's the broad outlines of it. That's the elevator pitch. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. An unheard of and unprecedented public demonstration against the Cuban communist regime in a dozen cities Sunday on the Caribbean island. Bold defiance to the government's tight grip on everything there and exhausted with decades of poverty and food and medicine shortages. Even accusing leadership of a failed response to coronavirus for which the State Department was criticized after initially tweeting that was the reason, not inept communist rule. In Miami's little Havana, Calle Ocho filled up with hundreds if not thousands of supporters in solidarity with the Cuban people, also calling for change as they have for the past past 50 years with no success. Wow. It's exciting to see people trying, pleading, striving for liberty. It just it, it fills up my heart with excitement and then fear because one of the things they're chanting in the streets is we are not afraid. So if you're a totalitarian regime, what's your response to that got to be? We got to make them afraid. Yeah. And they will be doing so, I suspect. Well, the reason people are in the streets, the number one reason, according to the reporting, is uh, the number one reason people have risen up since the very beginning of uh, of time, hunger. Nothing will get you in the streets like hunger, because you got nothing to lose at that point, especially if your kids are hungry. you got nothing to lose. You're going to beat you know, my head in? Well, i got I, well, I got no choice. We're starving. I'll be dead anyway. Right. Right. You know, it's so interesting. I don't know. It's interesting to me. I, I'm into this stuff. That, that This, what we're talking about, is like it's on the same continuum. It's the same topic as a, a political party uh, vastly, for instance, uh, increasing the amount of income redistribution, trying to get you on the hook, trying to get you addicted to money coming from the government. Well, the whole 
the whole premise of Marxism, uh, socialism, communism, is that the government will take care of all your needs. You know, you need to show up to the tractor factory, but uh, we will plan the economy. We will yield a better life for everybody. Well, I'll tell you what, you make that promise, you got two two choices. Either deliver it consistently, which almost never, ever happens under communism, or you'll cave people's heads in if they dare point out that, for instance, they're starving. Um, it's it's the same continuum of politics, but there are a couple of uh, comments we want to play. Uh, people talking about Cuba, including uh, the partisan clip 20, please. The United States stands firmly with the people of Cuba as they assert their universal rights. And we call on the government, government of Cuba, to refrain from violence and their attempts to silence the voice of the people of Cuba. You know, the president was trying to get out in front of the Cuban thing because a lot of the things that were said by his administration were stupid, like saying, well, it's about COVID. It's not about 50 years of corrupt and, and brutal communist dictatorship. On the other hand, I appreciated him saying they're standing up for universal human rights. It's better to get to the the, the right thing late, better late than never. So I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Uh, Marco Rubio is Cuban-American, the son of a Cuban immigrant, as is Ted Cruz, uh, for that matter. Also commenting, clip 21. Of course, COVID has a a role to play, but this began well before COVID. These people are frustrated. They want to live in a normal country. They don't want to have their kids getting on rafts and having to leave the country in order to lead normal lives. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, why don't we go ahead and play Mike Pompeo, then I'll I'll make the, uh, the point later. 23. We know what communism does to countries. We know what it does to the souls of people. I don't understand why the Democrats are silent on this today. This is an important opportunity for the Cuban people. The American people need to stand alongside them. There are so many things we can do to help them gain this very freedom that they're on the streets demanding it at enormous personal risk. We need to be with the Cuban people. The Trump administration had the right end of the stick. We put enormous pressure on the Cuban leadership. I hope the Biden team won't release the pressure that we had on the Cuban leadership. That pressure, plus the freedom demands of these people, is likely to lead to a really good outcome for Cuba and as a result, a really good outcome for the security of America as well. The right end of the stick is an interesting expression. Yeah, and I hope he's caught up on that. Yeah, I hope he's, he's right about a really good outcome. I've got to admit, and I appreciated the Trump administration and and actually the Biden administration policies toward China, for instance, and other communist dictatorships, because Anthony Blinken just came out with a really strong statement about uh, there's no freaking way China gets the rights to the South China Sea. There will be free passage. There ain't no question about it, China. It was good, strong stuff. But anyway, um, the hunger of the Cuban people is absolutely part of what's driving them to the streets. It is outrage over communist rule, but as Jack pointed out quite correctly, they're hungry and their kids are hungry. They wouldn't be nearly as hungry if we didn't have the big embargo against Cuba. Hmm. So, Joe going soft on Cuba. No, good. Um, it's, it, it's an interesting situation where you have to squeeze the government and the people yeah. to delegitimize the government and, and get them out of power. But in the long term, it'll be great for the people of Cuba. Man, I pray they can get their freedom. Although, having been through the whole Tiananmen Square thing, I, uh, and the Arab Spring, for that matter, yeah, just because things get thrown up in the air doesn't mean they come down in a good way. Enough um, said on that topic. We got a number of texts about the whole uh, money going out, $300 a month per kid. 
whether you work or not, no matter what your situation is, nine out of ten kids in America uh, qualify for that. It's a huge deal. Um, return of the welfare queen, somebody said. Yeah, that was a term you used to hear back before Bill Clinton signed in 1996 that uh, bill to end that kind of welfare was uh, the person that would just have kids because if I got enough kids, I can get enough money to just live on that. Um, Yeah, you probably will see the return of that. Yeah, and you know what people, uh, the elites on the left and the right, don't understand? Uh, and it's, it is elitism. Is that whether you're talking about, you know, uh, folks in the inner city of whatever race, or you're talking about immigrant communities or whatever, there's an assumption that those people are dumb. Nobody ever articulates it. But, but they, they think, well, listen, they can't even speak English, you know, or whatever. They, 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 they talk like the inner city. They, they can't be very smart, which is a real, it's, a, it's an elitist thing to think. These people are smart and they're savvy and they figure out how to exploit the government hydrant of money. You go into a, a, an apartment complex that's full of Russian immigrants, for instance, they're experts in the welfare programs, in uh, public aid of whatever sort is around there. And and as folks come over from the old country, they teach them how to exploit it and get as much money as possible out of the government, partly because they come from systems where that's the only way you can survive. And so, yeah, there will be enormous fraud and deceit and exploiting of all of this in the inner cities and, and wherever else. There always is, because these people are not stupid. They may they may not be in a great place financially or or... or you know, in terms of educational, you know, they can't diagram a sentence, but they're smart. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. There, there are times I feel so overwhelmed by how dishonest politics is and how people get swept up in the slogans and the politicians and the rest of it. And they're ignoring what's actually happening. I don't know. It just feels overwhelming some days. I don't, I don't know what the hell the point of this is. So the Emmy nominations are out. And uh, the Crown and the Mandalorian tied for the most with twenty four each. Joe's got a new show he's going to put out. The Crown Delorean. The Crown yeah. Delorean, which will be a, how could it not be a huge hit? The young Queen of England puts on a helmet, never takes it off, travels <laughs> around the universe with Baby Yoda, solving problems. <laughs> exactly. Um, and but lots of flouncy stuff, lots of really pretty rooms with high ceilings, lots of women wearing lacy dresses. If the Mandalorian's getting lots of Emmy 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 nominations this year, I'm thinking Loki will for uh, for next year because it's uh, it's really good in that sort of thing. Fun show. Yeah. Uh, but I was looking at so HBO had 130 total nods. I signed up for HBO Max recently. What show did I sign up for that for? What got me in? Oh, um, um, yeah, that one, the good one. There was one that I, I signed up just because of that, and so I signed up for that. But so over the weekend, uh, I don't forget what Henry, oh, we wanted to watch Boss Baby 2. So Boss Baby 2 came out, and uh, my kids love Boss Baby. You'll remember my review of it. I saw it in the theater. I do. A and, modern classic. An instant classic. An instant classic. Um, Sorry. <laughs> But, so we wanted to see Boss Baby 2. Well, it's on. He's like a little baby. It's not on any of the five services I'm already paying for every single oh, month. Boy. It's on Amazon Prime, which I didn't have. So I signed up for that for seven ninety nine. And my son said, 
It's it's only eight dollars, Dad. And I said, yeah. But then so I went through the whole thing. I said, we're paying eight dollars for this. We're paying fifteen dollars a month for the Apple Music. We're paying blah blah. I went through all of them, and he said, well, that adds up to a lot of money. So that was a good teachable moment right there. But as I was teaching him, I was reminding myself with all of these different things that I've got, including the internet to make them all run. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy yeah. how much money that takes. If you're if you're if you're living, um, you know, paycheck to paycheck, maybe that's the first place to look because I know it'd be easy to get sucked into those. I added all my newspaper subscriptions and everything like that. Good God! My excuse, and it's a good one for not doing this, is making my living this way. I yeah. can't. Right. Yeah. But I got to admit, there are days I feel like a junkie, and I know I should get clean. And if I canceled like every single entertainment. Uh, you know, pipeline I have and just got real simple for a while. Just really t- tore it down. I think it'd be good for me. I wish I could capital, uh, cancel APC or CBS because they're on, not on this list of uh, nominations. I wouldn't even miss it. I could, I, I watch 60 Minutes. There's one show on CBS. Uh, I don't know if I watch a single show on NBC every week. But uh, HBO and Netflix were uh, basically tied at uh, around 130 nominations. That's where all your good shows are. And then it's hilarious that who's got... Yes, CBS this year has the uh, Emmys. That's what's really funny. That these networks put on an award show to show you all the other places you should be watching television. <laughs> That's the only time anybody watches us. What point do you say, hey, why are we doing this? Be like if yeah. uh, if ho- hockey handed out the uh, the NFL awards or something like that. Hey, there's a better sport to watch over here. A lot more action. I think you'd like it. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's selling cocktails as the airplane heads for the ground. I mean, it's um, <laughs> it's their only profit center at this point. Is 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 being uh, I'm, we will accept money for you to watch us being punched. So the, in essence, so the crown is good. Got the most nominations. You just don't you just don't care. You're just not I'm interested enough. You know, the human drama of it is okay. Um, it's people in a very weird circumstance under a great deal of pressure with complex relationships, and it's beautifully produced. But my loathing of monarchy is so strong that it's so dumb that I just couldn't fight through that. But that's my problem, not yours. You'd probably like it. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We're going to finish strong. This nearly 200 people who paid to spend the night at a zoo in Nebraska have been exposed to a rabid bat. <laughs> the zoo apologized and offered everyone a free trip to the next sleepover location, a lab in Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So That's I just, a debunked conspiracy theory, Jimmy. So this next thing I just saw floating through the Twitter... And it was somebody uh, mentioning, this is really hilarious in retrospect. It's Leonard Nimoy from the 70s. 
1978, I believe. Talking about the coming ice age. You'll see it a little bit. Leonard Nimoy was Spock on Star Trek. But anyway. If we are unprepared for the next advance, the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history. Clickbait. What scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought. During the lifetime of our grandchildren, Arctic cold and perpetual snow could turn most of the inhabitable portions of our planet into a polar desert. <laughs> That's not great, is that? <laughs> that is freaking awesome. Here's some more of that. Climate experts believe the next ice age is on its way. According to recent evidence, it could come sooner than anyone had expected. At weather stations in the far north, temperatures have been dropping for 30 years. Sea coasts, long free of summer ice, are now blocked year-round. According to some climatologists, within a lifetime, we might be living in the next ice age. There you go. So, Alex, you're young. You don't realize that people like Joe and I, and this explains a lot of, I think, older people's resistance to this whole climate change thing. That's what I was taught in school. When I was a kid, I was told the Ice Age is coming, so be prepared for it. And there's nothing we can do. And we were as terrified as Greta Thunberg. Exactly. I mean, we were like, holy crap, oh my God. So when the Ice Age doesn't happen, and then you're told when you're older that the world is going to be on fire, you think, yeah, I've heard this before. Fine. You know, maybe this time they're right, but still, you can understand where the skepticism comes from. I'll sell the, my parka and boots I bought, thanks to Leonard Nimoy, and trade him in for a tank top and some shorts. I could use a little bit of that ice age right now. Yeah, it's just been pretty hot on the uh, the west coast of the, the last week or so, but people could be, in our ch- grandchildren's lifetime, they could be living in what experts call an ice age. You know, it's funny, now that I'm old and cynical, been in this business for a long time, I recognize all the fudge words in that script. The Ice Age might be coming much sooner than anyone thought. Well, what did they think? <laughs> like 5,000 years? Because like 4,000 would be much sooner than five. Th- what are you talking about, Leonard? <laughs> Technically, the Ice Age did come. They made like three or four sequels of that darn movie. but And it was amusing as can be. And my kids love them all. I remember the winter of 1978 because I was living in Chicagoland where I grew up. And uh, Gladys, 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 there we go. 1978, there I was, a little lad. You you know what I think uh, happened? I think Gladys got some of the stimmy money, and she just doesn't care anymore. And she thinks, what are you going to do, fire me? Right, exactly. She's part of that, uh, that cohort of workers who's willing to quit their jobs these days. Anyway, we set the record for snowfall in Chicago that year, and all the harem scare mice age stuff came out, and, and trust me, it was easy to buy that year. Yeah. And now, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Engage. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Had we decided, did you warn Alex that um, no, he's going to be part of final thoughts soon? Come up with a final thought for the future. Yeah. Uh, Mike <laughs> no. Langslow, pressing the buttons in the control room. Uh, final thought for us? Yeah, my final thought is check out, if you haven't already, Ted Lasso and the morning show on Apple TV. I love those two shows. I can't wait till they're back. Cool. Very good. Jack, a final thought for us? I was going to do something TV-related, but it seems so... I, um, uh... Nah. I got no final thought. I got nothing. 
you want to jump into uh, the the deep end there, Alex? You had a final thought? Yeah, I'm ready for the Crown DeLorean to get launched. I'm ready for <laughs> Prince Philip to meet Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah, in the climate. But she don't spoiler alert. That's in the climactic finale. I will, Idiot. I, I will reclaim my time. Um, I'm concerned that giant things like this redistribution of wealth around the child tax credit thing can come and go in modern America without any discussion. Just nobody cares about anything. We, we, we care too much about polarizing issues that are mostly fake. And, and then personalities. And, then, and personalities, and then don't spend any time on actual things that are occurring. It's very frustrating. On a lighter note, my final thought involves the winter of 1978. I just recalled I was talking to my nieces when they were, uh, we were having that family reunion. I was telling them about my little brother and I leaping off our garage roof into snowbanks at the time and how we'd crawl out our bedroom window and jump off the garage. They seemed very, very interested in that. And uh, my brother and his wife, uh, their parents were looking at me somewhat uneasily as I told this story. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Don't jump off your garage roof, kids. It's bad for you. So many people thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. What do we have there for you? got a bunch of great clicks under hot links. We have all the podcasts. If you missed part of the show, go to Armstrong and Getty On Demand uh, podcast or one more thing or whatever. You can email us. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. That is the climax of foolishness. Get over it. I'm just saying. Words. That's the awesome. Yeah, I think this is so ill-advised. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gonna. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. Get the hell out of here. You're not making them laugh, but you're bringing us together. So let's go out with a bang. Joey, baby. Ah, i got to admit, there's a little bit of an ooga-booga feel to it. Okay. Armstrong and Getty. Hmm? Uh, Armstrong and Getty.